Welcome to the Real Immunity Podcast, where we'll dig deeper into the concepts from the Real Immunity film series. Learn more at realimmunity.org. Okay, well, I want to welcome Emily Trinkus to our podcast. And Emily is an astrologer, so we have, we have a deep connection that goes way back for myself. And she's been in love with astrology since she was, what, 12 or 13, Emily? Since I was 13, it's been 40 years now. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. And I want you to tell us a little bit about your site and what you do with astrology and just fill us in with that if you can. Yeah, thank you, Scylla. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Um, yeah, so I, I do three things with astrology for the most part. Um, one is helping people to align with the sky clock. Um, astrology is really a natural science. It's, it's based on nature. It's just that we've lost connection with the sky aspect of nature. And, you know, a lot of people can't even see what's going on in the sky because there's so much light, but astrology is an amazing tool for just knowing what time is it. And so part of my work is I, I give, um, I do updates, I do recordings timed around the new moon and the full moon talking about what are the energies, how can we work with them? And it's basically about like, how can we go with the flow instead of pushing the river? And I don't think that astrology is making anything happen. I think it's simply, you know, reflecting back to us, what time is it? Where are the currents flowing? And then I, you know, I see my job as translating the sky clock into, you know, useful information about how to work with the current energies. So that's one of my offerings. And then I also work with, with people one-on-one and look at an individual chart to say, what time is it for this person individually? And, you know, as you know, we go through different periods in life and sometimes it's, you know, time to go for it. And sometimes, Hey, just rest. There's nothing to do. Lay low. Right. And, and typically people know that, but I think we're so conditioned not to trust our intuition and our inner knowing and to think there's something else we should be doing. Um, so a lot of what I do is validate for people what they already know, but it, it can be helpful to have an objective outsider to affirm what they already know for themselves. And also, you know, in terms of personal readings, it's also about helping people clarify their purpose and soul's mission. Um, I really look at the chart in terms of that evolutionary, you know, bigger picture perspective. And, um, and also in a very practical way, I just, I, I think astrology is extremely practical. Um, and then the, the third thing I do is I teach people how to do what I do. So I also teach astrology um, through online classes, you know, live and recorded classes, um, teaching people how they can interpret charts. And, um, and I have trained several astrologers, which uh, makes me very happy. I love sharing my passion for astrology. That's great. Yeah. And you really make it practical because people have this misconception that there's some sort of hocus pocus about astrology when it's not at all. It's a very practical science based on nature. 
So it's great exactly. that you do that. Right. And, and thinking about it as a natural science, natural science meaning that we can observe what's happening in the sky and then see the correlations in real life. And it, it, you know, I got into it just because it works. I don't know how it works. I'm not, you know, I don't claim to understand how it works. It's so mind blowing that it does work, but you know, I'm a Virgo with a Taurus moon. So I'm very earthy, very pragmatic and that, yeah. And that's what drew me into astrology in the first place, just that it seemed to work and seemed useful. Right. And, you know, this going with the current that you mention, I think that's particularly applicable in this day and age with what's going on, because so many people feel out of place and uncomfortable. And, and you know, many of my clients are kind of um, in a liminal space. They're betwixt in between a job or a marriage or a um, a house, a location, you know, these, these different life choices that they have difficult time making right now. Can you shed any light on what's happening universally now, astrologically, and what the trends are and what we should be really paying attention to or feeling okay about because it's part of the trend? Yeah. Yeah. I, so I'm, I'm going to first answer that question in the biggest picture possible, because there, you know, I could talk about, you know, what's happening right now immediately, or, you know, but, but I'll start really big picture. And I think the, the most important thing to get is that we are in this massive time of transition. We're in the turning of the ages. We're shifting from the age of Pisces to the age of Aquarius. And this is a process that takes probably hundreds of years because each age lasts for more than 2000 years. So as we're in this transition from one paradigm to, to a new paradigm, of course, we're experiencing chaos and confusion. And on the one hand, there's so much that's ending. There's so much that's collapsing. There's so much that just doesn't make sense or work anymore. And that's not going to work moving forward. So we're experiencing the death of the old. And at the same time, there are these uh, seedlings and sprouts and, you know, this, this new reality that's coming into being simultaneously. And, and we're seeing, yeah, th this new creation and new paradigm. And so just to know that we're navigating this massive transition. And I think, you know, we, we each came to play different roles, right? And so some people are more like maybe the death doulas who are here to, you know, right. help dismantle the past. And some people are here to be the visionaries for the new and to really, you know, get that um, new earth or, or new reality happening, you know, and, and this is, I think, where it's so helpful to understand our own personal birth charts to, to clarify right. that role. Right. Um, and I, one of the big things to me, so as we come out of the age of Pisces and, and just to say that as we emerge from the, that, that old age or the age that we're coming out of a lot of the distortions of what that sign represents are coming up to be healed and cleared and um, dealt with. And one of the big um, Piscean distortions has to do with 
seeing God outside ourselves. In other words, looking for a savior or rescuer and, and being in the position of victim. I need someone to come rescue me. I need someone to come save me because higher vibration Pisces is we are all one and including we are all one with the divine. We're not separate from God. We're an expression of that source consciousness. And we're all connected here in unity consciousness. And if we don't know that, if we don't really know ourselves as divine creators, then we can see ourselves as victims. So there's a lot of this victim consciousness that's that's coming up to be flushed out. And, and I think each of us, you know, is navigating that that consciousness in our own ways. But I think this time is a lot about knowing our power. And as we come into Aquarius, one of the big themes of Aquarius is really trusting our own inner truth and knowing. Aquarius is known as the, the rebel, uh, the outsider, the alien, the uh, revolutionary, the innovator, the genius. So it's so important for us to really tune into our own deep inner truth and to be willing to take that risk of appearing weird, Because right? I mean, all the, the, great, the great humans are always the ones who are willing to be different. And, you know, the, the artists, the scientists, the inventors, right. The, the, right, the people we love and respect so much, they're not following the herd. Or ostracized. They were they're, ostracized frequently. Exactly. And misunderstood. They were ahead of their time. That's all, that's part of this Aquarian um, vibration is each of us doing our unique thing, whatever it is, and no matter how weird it seems, but if it feels true to us, and really knowing our power as creators. Um, and, and this is part of, you know, we, we can also really see the, the shadow or distortion of Aquarius that's also coming online that we want to, you know, we so the direction we do not want to go in with Aquarius. And Part of the shadow of Aquarius is herd mentality, going along mm. with the crowd. Um, and so we're, we're really being tested around that now and having to discern like, okay, where am I just afraid to stand out or afraid to be myself or afraid to speak my truth? And, oh, it's just easier to sort of flow along with everyone else. Um, yeah, so but, I have a question. So yeah. just as leaving the Pisces age uh, requires casting off some of the negative qualities of, of Pisces because those have, be, have become uh, more pronounced. Is it also going to happen that some of the negative qualities of Aquarius will become embedded over time so that we're, do you know what I'm saying? That that same kind of dichotomy that as we're also becoming the positive parts of Aquarius, we're going to be emphasizing the negative parts as well. Exactly. Or I think, you know, we're in such a critical period, as we know, um, in, in terms of determining what the age of Aquarius is going to look like as we make this shift, you know, there's, there's a high vibe version of 
everybody is knowing their power as a creator, giving their unique gifts, and we're all in community supporting each other. Um, it's, you know, being our unique selves is not about like, I'm better than you. It's like, no, we're each, we're each right. giving our gifts and contributing um, in our unique ways. And, and community is such an important part of Aquarius, people coming together. Um, and there's always the potential to go in the shadow direction. I mean, and, and I'll say more about that with Aquarius, but just going back to the age of Pisces, I mean, what, Jesus Christ would be the big Piscean figure, at least in Western culture. And, you know, the, the teachings of Christ were very high vibration, right? Pisces, right? Unconditional love, um, forgiveness, acceptance. I mean, all these, you know, beautiful ideals. And yet, because we had that distortion of which I think just this really core distortion of God is outside of me or the divine is outside of me, this split between, right, right between matter and spirit. Um, whereas Pisces is ultimately about the union of matter right. and spirit. And right? was the birth of Jesus at the beginning of the Piscean age? That's the idea. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So but the the very best of that quality came forth at the very beginning. And right. then you're saying that slowly over time, it became uh, uh, twisted in a way. Right. There's that distortion. I mean, and we can see, you know, just looking at the original teachings of Christ versus what the church with a Christian church right. became, right? Like that, I think that um, expresses that, that distortion quite well. Like, I don't think Christ came in to be worshipped, right? I right. think he came in as an avatar, as right. our evolutionary brother to show us, show us how it's done and show us that we are all divine. We all have that power. So, the distortion of the age of Aquarius, again, which which I think we're seeing big time already, would be the uh, technocratic, uh, this, you know, Aquarius rules technology and technology itself is neutral and technology is part of human creativity. Right. Right. right? The, the amazing things we can create, the amazing inventions. Um, but where that gets in trouble with Aquarius is where technology is divorced from our humanness and particularly from our hearts, because right. Aquarius is a, is a mental sign. It's an air sign. And there can be this sort of fantasy that, you know, what makes us human is our big brains and we're so much smarter than everyone else. So we're going to figure out the ultimate, you know, technology that's going to get everything under control perfectly so we can, I don't know, live forever and whatever. Right. And, and so the distortion comes in when Aquarius is divorced from its polarity, which is Leo. And Leo is the sign of the heart. And Leo is the sign of individuality, where, I mean, ideally in the Leo Aquarius um, polarity, that is about, you know, individual creative self-expression. But as I mentioned, the distortion of Aquarius is we all have to be the same. It's not okay for anyone to stand out. So if we think of like education, what, what's happened in the field of education, standardized testing, everyone has to you know, do the same thing. This is how you learn. We don't right. have room for individual whatever. Uh, you know, Leo is also the sign that rules children. And as more of this distorted version of the age of Aquarius has 
come online, especially in the past couple of years, we see really, you know, in my mind, very terrible things happening to children. And even to the, the child part of all of us, you know, that innocence, that innocent creativity, like we don't want to lose our innocence at this time because innocence makes it possible to create something brand new right? and, and to see the possibilities versus, you know, the, the traditional ruler of Aquarius is Saturn, which, you know, in its more positive expression is the older, wiser part of us, the elder, right? That, that has wisdom and experience and sees the big picture, but the distortion of that Saturnian energy is more like the cynic, like, mm -hmm. yeah, we tried that. That didn't work, you know, been there, right. done that. Judgmental yeah. and yeah. 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 And forgetting that, that playful, joyful, right? I mean, that, that's Leo. Leo's here to have fun and be joyful. And, you know, something else I want to say in terms of the distortion of Aquarius and the need for Leo is that Aquarius, you know, Aquarius is very egalitarian and wants everybody to you know, it's democratic, like we're all equal. So, but, but the distortion of that can be, well, I'm just going to sit on the sidelines because I don't want to, I'm not, I don't want to, you know, pretend I'm special or anything. I'm just going to sit back and sort of watch it happen. And, you know, I, I think we see this a bit in the spiritual community with this transition where it's like, oh, here comes the age of Aquarius. I'm just going to sit back and watch it happen. Like sit on the sidelines eating popcorn while the, you know, waiting for the age of Aquarius to come in. Um, which I don't think is going to do us any good. I think we need to be more Leo. Leo is connected with our will, our will to create and knowing our power as individuals to create our lives as we want them and to have fun while doing it. That, you know, the creating the future we want to live in, it's like we need to be in the present moment, celebrating in every moment. And that's how we create a celebratory future. I, I don't really mean we need to celebrate in every moment because that's not what every moment is about, but, but having more of that sense of like play and fun and it's okay to be ourselves and shine our light and we can all be bright shining lights to make up this collective of really alive humans. That's very well, well put, very well put. And let's, let's talk about a timeline because I remember in the 1970s, when the musical Hair came out and the song was, this is the age of Aquarius. Right. So back in the seventies, they were talking about the age of Aquarius and, and you've mentioned that it takes hundreds of years for an age to move through. So if we're now heading into the age of Aquarius, is there a time at which we're in it, we're there? And also how long will it last? When will we move into the next age? Right. Right. So this is this is a question that um, astrologers have many different answers for, and even astronomers have many different answers for, because there are different ways of um, uh, determining uh, the answer to this question. I, I, to me, the most important part is knowing that we are in the transition. I, I do like what uh, Daniel Gemario has to say. He's a um, he pioneered shamanic astrology he created this new paradigm around really connecting earth and sky and he pays close attention to what's actually happening astronomically and he consulted with a, a very uh, well-established well-respected astronomer to get to the heart of this question and really came to um and let me see if i get this right i think it was 2030 
two maybe or 2034 somewhere in the 2030s that really marks okay this is now we're in Aquarius and that this period that we're in now like between I think it was he identified this period between like the mid 90s till the you know 2030s which is like the crux of this transitional time and again I don't I don't personally have a definitive answer I don't know but it does seem like we are in this intensification period and really um this struggle over what is it going to look like and we we don't have you know maybe we don't have a few hundred years to work that out maybe we do really need to figure that out in the next couple of decades or you know um determine what yeah what what's going to sort of concretize in terms of what the Aquarian age looks like right and then you're saying 2000 years is that the right time the and before the age of Aries then um, oh no I'm sorry we're going backwards it'd be exactly yeah so it'd be the age Capricorn then right right yeah and and the the entire cycle is about 26,000 years Mm -hmm. which the ancients called the great year so this 26,000 year cycle so each age is about 2100 2160 um, years. It's fascinating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a very, very good explanation. And then why did you choose the name embodied Aquarian for yourself, for the website, for your podcast? Yeah. So, and yeah, thank you for mentioning that. And that is my other offering with astrology. And I, I really, I started this podcast because I wanted a, a, platform for talking about the bigger picture of making this transition since that just really seems like the heart of what we're up to right now how do we navigate this transitional time and i'm not sure i i really nailed it in terms of the name of the podcast but i was trying to express um i was trying to encapsulate what does the high vibration version of aquarius look like and i think the the uh, distorted version basically turns humans into machines. Um, and, you know, of course, with, you know, where technology is going, that, that is quite literal in a sense, in terms of hooking humans up to, I don't know, all the, you know, biometrics, and we're going to be paying for things with our hands or or a smile or whatever. Um, so this, you know, making humans more machine and also that prioritization of the mind, where it's all about the mind and the brain, and you can just upload your consciousness into this computer and it'll live forever. So a big part of the dystopian Aquarian trend is to leave behind the body or to, um, I want to say diminish or degrade the human body to see to imagine or fantasize that the body is lesser than the mind or the body is separate from the mind even or the body is separate from spirit that that it's even possible to upload human consciousness like is that still human consciousness if it's living in a machine and not in a body so I, so I called it embodied Aquarian age because to me that that um, uh, the importance of being in our bodies and 
and waking up, you know, part of the energy of Aquarius is awakening. And ideally we are moving into an age of awakening, but I think there's been a big distortion, even just, you know, in the spiritual world around escaping from the body, escaping from the, the physical, you know, or the physical is less than the spiritual, um, which again goes back to the, the Piscean distortion. And, and I think we need to really come into a place of loving our bodies and knowing that our bodies are, it's not that there's, there's no separation between body and spirit. We, we are divine, we're, we're concentrated spirit right? We're not, it's not like spirits out there and I'm going to get there as soon as I leave my body. It's like the body is a form of dense spirit. And so I, yeah, so <laughs> that's my, my long-winded answer, but I, I think the, the prioritization of the body as we move into this new age and knowing that we can, not only can, but maybe the only way that we can't, we genuinely awaken into this new reality is to um, do it as natural, organic humans, um, which all, all connects with how we relate to the earth too, right? Because, you know, part of the distorted Aquarian age is living in virtual reality. Um, we can think of the the movie Ready Player One as, you know, one mm -hmm. sort of apocalyptic or dystopian vision of the future where reality, the physical plane reality is so unpleasant. We've destroyed the earth. So we're going to be happy living in virtual reality, creating something outside the body. Um, and I think we're here to create heaven on earth and to know, to know ourselves as you know, as an expression of paradise right here in the body and that we, we can create, we don't, we don't need to give up on the earth in order to get to this higher or better reality. Right. Very well explained. Yeah. Excellent. And, and I know that you have a background in energy medicine. Can you say something about that and how that shifted and now you're more focused on the astrology? Yeah, I, you know, astrology and energy medicine came, well, I was, like I said, or like I was in the beginning, I was in love with astrology since I was 13, but it took me a while. It took me until my Saturn return at age 29 to surrender to that path. Um, before that, I thought I was going to be an academic. And, you know, I always knew I wanted to teach and to write. And, you know, the guidance counselor never mentioned teaching and writing about astrology as a possibility. Mm -hmm. But um, during my Saturn return, that's when I first encountered energy medicine. And I think like for a lot of people, it's something you have to experience because hearing about it, 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 it just sounds, you know, woo-woo or impractical or whatever. And, and basically, I, I experienced a, a session of polarity therapy uh, when I was having a lot of problems with my body and a, a friend was like, Hey, you want me to give you a session? Sure. I have no idea what you're doing, but fine. I, I'm desperate. you know. Um, and immediately all my symptoms went away. And I said, what the hell did you just do? And how can I learn how to do that? So um, that's how I got into energy medicine. And for me, it was really helpful. And again, even though I've been into astrology for years during my Saturn return is when I first studied with an actual astrologer and when I started doing readings and when it really all came together and it was such a gift to 
start learning energy medicine at the same time, because that helped me really understand astrology as a map of energy and to get out of, you know, there's this more, I don't know, conventional or mainstream approach, or I don't know if we want to call it like patriarchal approach to astrology. That's all about what's good and what's bad you know, mm-hmm. right? Like looking at your chart. Well, oh, it's good. You've got Jupiter over here. Great. Oh, but look at Saturn. Wah, wah, that's bad. Sorry. Um, better luck next life or whatever, where, you know, with energy medicine, that really helped me get the perspective of everything's just energy, right? Astrology is simply a map of energy. There is no good or bad. It's just, how do you work with it? And, you know, certainly some, some energies feel better than some ener- than other energies do. Some energies work through pressure and intensity, and that can be a great kick in the ass. Is that bad? No, sometimes that's exactly what we need. So um, to look at it, to see astrology as just simply energy or astrological forces or planetary forces as energy was very helpful, but also to really see that everything is perfect as it is like in terms of like when I work with a client um, to see that whatever is happening in their life, whatever is happening in their chart, it's exactly what it needs to be. And that, that acceptance, I mean, this is what I learned in energy healing school, essentially that the most important thing is to be present, grounded, neutral, to hold space and simply reflect what is, and that that in itself can instigate or support a massive healing where it's not about fixing, it's not about even changing anything, it's simply being present with what is. So that has really informed my approach to astrology um, and how I look at people's charts or how I look at the current chart, that this acceptance of the perfection of what is as a starting point for anything that else that's going to happen. Yeah, that's amazing because that's very much in line with homeopathic thinking mm. that we are just there to reflect and be a non, non-judgmental observer, an unbiased observer. And by doing so, you provide a mirror to an individual and that, that really instigates healing completely. Yeah, so. it's... Yeah. And, you know, as, as a Virgo and, you know, I'm, I have four planets in Virgo in in my chart. So I, there's such a tendency to want to fix or to, to tune into what's wrong with this picture and, and what can I do about it versus, you know, this cultivation of simply being present with what is, and that it's actually not up to me to fix anything, but if we can hold space and reflect the, the truth of where someone is at, then they can do, it's, it's not up to me. It's up to them. They can right. do, they it's can, their choice. Yeah. It's their choice. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, ne- and you can't predict how that's going to look. Even if you think, you know, you're frequently surprised. Exactly. Right. And, and the same with astrology, you know, I, I'm, it, it's like, I can have a sense of, okay, what, what are the energies at play? What are the archetypes at play? And then what actually ends up happening? It is completely surprising and perfect. Oh, right. I wouldn't have even thought that it could have taken that form, but isn't that perfect? Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. And I've always held the belief that we choose our chart. So we yes. choose to come in at the moment we come in, take that first breath, creating our, our rising sign. And, you know, all of those positions of all the planets, they're very well chosen based on what we know we want to experience 
or learn. Exactly. And I, that, that's something that I like to remind clients and students because, you know, particularly when people are first starting to learn astrology and they see some things in their chart and, oh no, oh, poor me. Oh, you know, what am I going to do with this? And, and that perspective that we chose this setup, this energetic uh, configuration for a very specific purpose. This is what we came in for. And, and then we can see it as um, empowering versus seeing ourselves as the victims of our charts. And even, you know, in terms of the current, um, current astrological energies that we're all working with, you know, we can see it as like, oh man, what, what the hell am I doing here? Clearly I was born at the wrong time. Or we could say, oh, we all chose this. Here we are. Okay. You know, game on, let's do this. We came, we're here for a reason at this time. Right. And do you find clusters in families? Do you find clusters of certain planetary influences or what do you see oh, in families? Absolutely. Fam it's fascinating to look at charts of family members. And you, I mean, sometimes there's, sometimes there's someone in the family who has a very different assignment or setup astrologically. And often that person is someone who maybe, you know, divorced their family or doesn't, doesn't speak to anyone in their family, went off on the, in their own direction. Um, but yeah, there are definitely patterns uh, that, that it seems like the, you know, soul group, family soul group is working with and also, you know, sometimes um, balancing each other out or seeing like, wow, you two came in with, you know, the, the exact opposite assignment here. So you can really help each other. Um, you know, you've mastered this, you're brand new to that. Okay. You're, you're working together on that. Right. Right. That's fabulous. So tell people one more time where they can find you, how they can reach you. Yeah, my website is embodiedaquarian.com. And then my um, podcast is on Substack. So it's, uh, and you can get there through my website too. <laughs> so Embodied Aquarian. That's great. And do you have some parting words you'd like to share, advice or anything at all you'd like to share with listeners? Well, something that I think is really up, you know, right now <laughs> um, at the time we're speaking and and actually for almost the next year and here i'm referring to jupiter now being in aries and that this is a time to really trust yourself in terms of what are you really excited about what are you really passionate about what really holds energy for you what is what is a hell yes and going for it and really trusting that where your vitality is calling you is exactly what's needed for everybody else. Like trusting your fire and going for it and trusting who you are. Um, being yourself is so important right now and very well supported. I'll say that you know, Jupiter is the, the door opener, the bringer of opportunities. And with Jupiter in Aries, it's when we are authentic to who we are and expressing who we are and taking that risk of being ourselves and following our own passion that everything turns out best for everybody. And how long will Jupiter be in Aries? Um, it's going to be in Aries for most of this year. It goes back into Pisces for a little bit, for a couple of months, 
and then it goes back into Aries until I think it's next spring, next March, if I'm correct. Good. So yeah. about a year. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great advice to follow, follow our own passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been really insightful and I love it. It's wonderful. And thank you so much for being here today and sharing all of this wisdom with us. It is my pleasure. Thank you, Stella. All right, Emily. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. You can go to realimmunity.org to learn more about health, homeopathy, and homeoprophylaxis, and to watch the Real Immunity film series. Thank you.